Good morning. It is the 18th of January, 2024. And yesterday afternoon, we had some big news break out in the U.S. For those of you who are deeply concerned about the state of the traditional mass and what happens to good traditional priests who are dedicated, of course, to the traditional liturgy, teaching the same things the church always taught before the council and the bizarre years after the council, and in general, the what is happening to the church in America and broadly more in the aftermath of Traditionus Custodis. And this is a weird one, a very weird story, because these involve priests that I, long before I ever had a channel like this, I would listen to their homilies. They say things that sound like they'd be right out of uh, the sort of the caricature that people have of the, of the SSPX. But they come from priests who, weirdly, have been hostile to the SSPX and are diocesan priests, sort of. I mean, they're part of a their own sort of micro priestly fraternity, but it's they are a group that have essentially been loyal to the local ordinary. And yet they said some things that were spicier than the SSPX have ever said about the Novus Ordo. So we're going to go here and talk now about what happened. This involves two priests from a group calling itself the Missionaries of St. John the Baptist. I have their letter explaining what happened um, in an email. I'll have it on screen, but uh, because it's an email, like I, it's like not even an email. It's like a, <laughs> a screen grab. I can't magnify it on screen. I just can't. But I actually want to first give you what the take from a organization based out of the area that is very clearly on their side, just so you know the bias we're talking about here. It comes from the Mason-Dixon Latin Mass Society. They say Latin Mass and priests canned in the Diocese of Covington, Kentucky. Father Shannon Collins and Father Sean Kopchinski have both been stripped of their faculties, and all Latin Masses and sacraments at Our Lady of Lords and Holy Family Oratory have been canceled by Bishop John Iffert. A few months ago, Father Collins gave a divisive sermon, divisive in quotes, about the Novus Ordo. He also refused to celebrate said Fisher-Price Mass with the local ordinary during Holy Week. Apparently, this is what gets you thrown out on your backside in the Bergolian Church in the name of unity. Pray and offer penance for Collins, his assistant pastor, and all of the Latin Mass faithful in the diocese, and especially prelates like Bishop Ifford, who attacked the tradition of Holy Mother Church. Here's your brief summary. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> excuse me, you may have caught a term there. Fisher-Price Mass. Reportedly, the priest gave a homily where he called the Novus Ordo a Fisher-Price Mass. For maybe those of you watching outside the United States, you don't know what Fisher-Price is. They're a toy company. And some people, when we started talking about this on Twitter yesterday, actually found pictures of a Novus Ordo Fisher-Price playset. Actual thing exists. Amazing to think about. But he, uh, he reportedly referred to the Novus Ordo as ineffective, as essentially lacking graces, calling and called it a Fisher Price Mass, meaning a mass for not just children, but very, very young children. That's what he called it. Again, the SSPX have never said that about the mass. They've had the Novus Ordo. Some priests have gone on their own limb and said some harsh things, but the society has said, yeah, it's valid, but they have their reasons for why you should not go. Whereas when you say the Novus Ordo is a Fisher Price Mass and that that's ineffective, you are undercutting its validity. I'll let you decide if that's true or not for yourself, but that is reportedly what they said. And this happened a couple of months ago. So let's go to the actual letter. Again, apologies for being on. Like I, you can tell with uh, Eric Samus tweet who shared this, 
that I tried to um, bring the text up on screen large enough that you could see the text. But unfortunately, for whatever reason, Chrome does not have the uh, will not let you magnify these things in a way that's actually makes it so you can read it. So my apologies. But I'll have links to this today in my show notes at returntotradition.org. And for those wondering maybe why I'm streaming way earlier than normal, my internet went out yesterday. My router is on its last legs. And I woke up this morning thinking I'd be streaming from my cell phone. And I saw my internet was back to working for whatever reason. So while I wait for the internet service company to come and fix things tomorrow, meaning Friday, I'm just taking advantage of, when I, of having internet at all right now to talk to bring this to you. So this came from the bishop issued yesterday uh, from the diocese. He said, Dear members of Our Lady of Lords Parish, my sincere prayers for peace and unity among us. I write to inform you that I've requested the resignation of Reverend Shannon Collins as pastor of Our Lady of Lords Parish. I've also removed Reverend Sean Kapinski as parochial vicar. Let's pause there. Father Shannon Collins will sometimes do Lenten retreats at traditional parishes around the country. His homilies are some of the more, we'll say, they're like forceful. And for many of you, you won't like him much because he was one of the priests who several years ago had a homily go just viral for basically saying that it was not the job of the laity to debate whether or not Benedict was the real Pope or not. Okay. Give you an idea of, and he was, he's the kind of like ultra masculine priest who just does not care if you agree with him or not. Okay. So let's continue. For some time now, I had serious concerns about the parish's pastoral leadership. I attempted to resolve those concerns in conversation and fraternal correction with these priests who are brothers and sons to me. Regrettably, I have been unable to do so. I take this action after becoming aware that Father Collins had preached in the parish that the holy sacrifice of the Mass as celebrated in the current Roman Catholic liturgy, would be the Novus Ordo, is, quote, irrelevant preserves, quote, literally nothing of the old, and that the reforms of the liturgy were motivated by hate against traditional Catholics and the ancient liturgies of Rome. Let's pause there. Let's take a look at the claim. Irrelevant? Well, that's a, I'll leave you to decide that one. But when he says preserves literally nothing of the old, that's actually true. The There have been like liturgical scholars who've actually looked at the 1962 and the pre-1962 forms of the traditional mass, looked at the, the ordinary form of the mass, as they call it, Put them side by side and say that they have about 8% in common. And that's it. They changed everything to the point where I have met uh, Lutherans and Presbyterians and a few others who have come to a Catholic Mass, walked down and said, well, that's exactly like what I have at, over at my church, so why should I convert? <laughs> met that, met those folks several times in life. So Father Collins is making a factual statement there. Whether it was motivated by, you know, hate towards traditional Catholics, again, depends on who you ask. The chief architect of the ordinary form of the mass was a confirmed stonecutter working with a committee of Protestants who were probably also stonecutters who implemented every single thing that the Protestant so-called reformers implemented to destroy belief in the real presence and destroy belief in a lot of other things like the communion of saints and such things. So again, I'll leave you to decide that, but those are everything I just said there is a fact of history. Those are facts. And Father Collins decided to just let it all out. He says, the, but the bishop continues saying, both Father Collins and Father Kapinski maintain these errors and refuse the opportunity to renounce them. This disqualifies them from being granted permission to publicly celebrate the sacraments using the 1962 Masali Romanum and from leading a pe personal parish like Our Lady of Lords. He's citing Traditionis Custodis without citing Traditionis Custodis. 
I did not take this action lightly. I consulted with the vicar general, the deans, the judicial vicar, and brother bishops before determining the action I must take in this situation. I'd like to know who those other bishops were. I intend to provide for the pastoral and liturgical care of Our Lady of Lords Parish and hope to continue this ministry in the Diocese of Covington. These are, however, obstacles. The Board of Missionaries of St. John the Baptist own the current church building. The Missionaries of St. John the Baptist consider it the chapel of their public association. They are no longer willing to permit the diocese or Our Lady of Lords Parish to use the building. I'm seeking an appropriate location for the parish liturgies. Please be aware that I have removed Father Collins and Father Kopinski's faculties to teach, preach, or celebrate the sacraments of the church for the time being. They are conducting no public ministry. They may celebrate a private mass for themselves, immediate family members, and members of the missionaries of St. John the Baptist. They are not permitted to celebrate the mass publicly. Please do not ask them to violate this uh, restriction. You are in my constant prayer as I work to resolve those difficulties and provide faithful and true pastoral leadership for Our Lady of Lords Parish. I recognize and thank you for the sincerity of the, your faith and the strength of your love for Christ in this church. That love should always lead us to walk together with the Lord in a spirit of communion, humility, and respect for one another. Let us pray for one another and for the unity of the church. Devotedly yours in Christ, Most Reverend John C. Effort, Bishop of Covington. Okay, so... I can already hear the Pope's planner saying, see, this is why Traditionus Custodis wasn't needed. Now, again, for those just joining us, I the letter, like I, you could see with uh, Eric Salmon's tweet there that the screen, I had the text of his tweet made mat big on the screen, but you, I couldn't get the picture with the text of it. I will have this stuff posted in my show notes at returntotradition.org shortly. Uh, if you're trying to post links in my chat, please don't. I have them restricted to turned off because it's the only way I can keep people from posting, I uh, will call it um, um, evil images and links to evil types of videos in my comments and live chat. So please don't post them in my chat, please. And so no, Chris, I can't see it because they're not, they're not there. And also somebody posted what they said was the sermon, but it wasn't Father Shannon Collins. I actually went and checked it without what they're saying was that sermon was actually Father Wolf giving a very similar sermon. And in fact, if you actually go to the channel, the Terry, I think Terry Collins or whatever channel who posted it, he actually says that's not the sermon that got him in trouble because it's not the same priest. It's not neither of those two priests, actually. So that sermon, it will eventually be a, a find its way online. Mr. E says, Father Collins is a brilliant homeless. He absolutely is. He is one of the best homeless I've heard in the church in our time. Yeah, there, if there's only three, three likes, please fix that and hit the like button. Um, all right, so that's what God, that's a core, that's the perspective of the diocese. Now let's take a look at actually what Father Collins had to say. And if you didn't like how small the text was on that one, well, this is actually worse because I only have a screenshot of a letter that I sent to myself. Um, and it's from, uh, right, so I can blow it up, but then I have to, it gets a little dicey. So here's the response from the priest, though, from Father Sh Shannon Collins. He says, the missionaries of St. John the Baptist and the two exclusively TLM parishes they take care of are no more in the Diocese of Covington, Kentucky. Dear parishioners and members of the mystical body of Christ, Pax Christi, it is with a heavy heart that I must inform you that my priestly faculties have been removed due to wounds that I have supposedly caused to unity in the church through a divisive sermon delivered a few months ago. My unwillingness to con-celebrate the Novus Ordo Mass, meaning he refused to celebrate the ordinary form of the Mass with the bishop, which is his right, by the way, according to canon law, with the local ordinary during Holy Week also upset the bishop. In short, this means I can no longer offer public masses, nor hear confessions, nor publicly preach. 
I've also been asked to offer a letter of, resi of resignation as your pastor to the bishop. Father Sean has had his faculties revoked and will be stepping down as your assistant pastor. I will be holding a meeting in the days ahead to explain things further. In the meantime, all public masses have been canceled at Our Lady of Lords and at Holy Family Oratory. Confessions will not be available nor any sacraments outside of the danger of, uh, of passing. I apologize for the abruptness of this news, but I was only made aware of the penalty this afternoon. The bishop is presently seeking an arrangement for the offering of future Latin masses and sacraments in another location with another priest to minister to your needs. And then he goes over some other times the mass is available. And now, so here's the problem with the, <laughs> it says, at this time, I am seeking legal advice from our canon lawyer. Please pray for me and Father Sean as we try to deal with this cross. Know that I'll be praying for you in this most difficult time. You are the best parishioners that any priest could ever have. We are being tested right now with, with a cross. Realize that the cross is the instrument of salvation. The Lord must love us because he has presented us with the gift of a cross. Remember the story of the Society of Jesus. These are the Jesuits a few centuries back. Wanting to keep peaceful relations with certain Catholic kingdoms, Pope Clement XIV succumbed to political pressures and suppressed the Jesuits. Clement issued a document called Dominus Ad Adeptor on July 21st, 1773, which formally suppressed the Society of Jesus. It is said that when the document was officially read in various Jesuit religious houses, the reader would ask the Jesuit priests and brothers whether they accepted the Pope's decision. And the reports tell us that these great men cried out aloud, yes, willingly. I'll put an asterisk next to that. So, <laughs> I will be writing another email in the days ahead in order to let you know the date and time of an upcoming meeting where further information will be provided. And Jesus, Jesus and Mary, Father Shannon M. Collins, MSJB. All right, so here's the thing about this. The Jesuits were suppressed, which is considered one of the great blunders of history, actually. One of like, the biggest mistakes the church made was suppressing the Jesuits back then. The argument to suppress them now is an entirely different thing, but it's considered one of the great mistakes, like papal mistakes in generally modern history, with the suppression of the Jesuits in the uh, 1770s which is why it was undone a couple dec a few decades later. But mo most Jesuits went along with the order, but not all of them did. Many of them continue, like wrote to Rome saying, I will comply with this order when you send a priest to, when a priest is sent to minister to the needs of these people in Geneva, which do you know anything what Catholic life was like in the 1770s in Geneva? It wasn't exactly pleasant. You had brave Jesuit priests there meeting to the needs of the faithful in places that were on the other side of the Catholic-Protestant divide, back at a time when that meant a lot in terms of your material safety. And Rome and the nearest bishops wouldn't send any priests there to do, to help them, so the Jesuits kept operating in those places. Jesuits kept operating in places like St. Petersburg and other places, often with protection from uh, from religious bishop, religious monarchs, even ones who might be Orthodox instead of Christ or Catholic, because they understood the value of the Jesuits. And so this, the Jesuits in this time, the ones who said no to following that, were essentially like the proto-version of, or the early version of recognize and resist. And so this is where this comes down to. Should Father Collins offer public masses, should he go along with this order? He has to make that decision himself. But comparing his situation to that of the Jesuits is a little dicey to me. Were these two priests, Edie members of diocesan priests? They had a religious congregation of their own, so I would guess they're Ecclesia Dei. Um, here's the thing about this, though, and for those joining late, these priests also have an interesting track record because they have publicly been very critical of the Society of St. Pius X. Again, I mentioned at the beginning of this, for those joining us late, 200 more of you now than when I said it, 
they refer to the Novus Ordo as irrelevant and as the, the term I've seen floating around from their homily is they called it the Fisher Price Mass. The SSPX have said some harsh things about the new mass. They've never said that. They've never basically undercut the even the validity of the mass by that way. Because the SSPX have always said, yeah, it's a valid mass, but they don't recommend you going. And then they list all their reasons for it. And they typically do it in a very calm way. Where calling it a Fisher Price mass is um, a good way to get the attention of your bishop in a way you may not want. Which is exactly what happened here. And I'm not saying that to chastise them. I'm actually suggesting that maybe this would be a good time to revisit their opinion on the SSPX because clearly everything Archbishop Lefebvre said has come to pass. Everything, every single thing he predicted would happen has happened. He knew it was coming and it was already here in his time anyway. After all, we, 1986, we watched a Pope allow uh, the veneration of pagan idols in the Catholic church in Assisi. We watched that happen. The whole world did. We watched Ted McCarrick running free for decades and decades and decades. Well, well, anybody in the new knew what he was about. Lefebvre saw it all. So here we have a couple of priests who are not going to operate where they are currently, but I would not be surprised if they continued. And if they continue on the path they're on, it, they should maybe at least moderate their opinion of the, the SSPX. Because at this point, we don't need traditional groups against one another. It's not helping anything. The salvation of souls is the most important thing. And the Vatican has said, you can go to mass with the SSPX just fine. They have, they're in canonical limbo. They're not in partial communion. They're in full communion. They're just in canonical limbo. That's what they are. Bishop Schneider has said a lot about this. If you want to see a more, a more eloquent defense from a layman of the SSPX, go check out Kennedy Hall's channel. Okay. But so I'm very curious though about the situation. What do you think about what's happening with uh, what happened with Father Shannon Collins? Do you believe that they should submit and just quietly go off into the night? Or do you think they should be looking at uh, essentially becoming irregular independent priests? I'm going to check the chat here now. <laughs> I have to wonder if or what demonic creatures have been loosed in the past five years. Well, funny you mention that because this October will be the fifth anniversary of the Pacamama debacle in Rome. That's what it's so. Raven Ray says he's seen the word deficient as a word you've seen the SSPX call. Yeah, I've seen that too. I've seen them say that it's like fewer graces and things, and then they go into the reasons why. At the beginning of this video, I, I talked about the origins of it. A stonecutter, and as Cardinal Bugnini was the architect, made it with a, a committee of largely Protestants who were probably also stonecutters. And then they proceeded to implement everything the so-called reformers after of uh, the Protestant reformers imposed on their liturgies to destroy belief in the real presence. Every single thing they did was designed for that. And they put it brought it into the Novus Ordo. And now what do you know? 60 years later, only 30% of Catholics, typical Catholics at your typical parish, believe in the real presence as the church teaches it. Surprising, surprising, surprising. Robert Richards says they were they're going through what I went through not too long ago. I was hesitant about the SSPX up until last May. Curious what was the breaking point for you last May? Because I don't remember anything gigantic happening there, but uh, everything in the last year has been a blur. Um, all right. Uh, Bellator does say, sometimes tact is a key strategy how to navigate these waters and avoid overpunishments from their superiors. That's valid. I don't ha hold it against any diocesan priest who is uh, very careful 
when offering the traditional mass and what they talk about at the AMBO. Hold that against FSSP priests. I mean, I've only heard a couple of what I would call firebrand homilies from the FSSP like twice in the last decade, <laughs> basically. And they were, these are not internet priests. One of them was after Vigano's letter. Okay. Like, give me an idea. And he gave a, he, this was a priest who will remain unnamed. What parish he's at will remain unnamed. He, I mean, he, he went, he went off and for good reason, <laughs> for good reason. Uh, and I know that Archbishop Lefebvre had very strong words against the new mass. Yes. I present his homilies here, but the present day society, I haven't seen that. And personally, I think, uh, Lefebvre was a hero. So. No, welcome to the uh, welcome to the live chat. Normally, for those who might be wondering why I'm about an hour earlier than normal, my internet went out yesterday and then just mysteriously came back on. The router's going out, and so I'm going to have someone from the internet company, my provider, come by and take a look to diagnose the problem and fix it for me tomorrow. So I'm just streaming as I can. Do I think we're in the end times? Uh, I would be careful saying yes about that. Um, I've done too many videos on Catholic prophecy to outlining the process that it seems to be that where we're that it looks like uh, there's still a lot more time left than that. But you should live every single day of your life as if you were that it was your personal end times, because you may go be before our Lord today, later today, for all you know. You should live that way. Okay, Russ is going through a pretty big time procedure tomorrow, and you're in Oklahoma City. Prayers for Kay Rosary, please. That would be very helpful. All right. All right, so folks, um, yes, Mac P, I did start earlier. Hope my explanation is uh, useful. What country am I in? I'm in central Oklahoma in the United States, despite this French-looking flag behind me. But um, all right, folks, is there any other comments on this? I will do a follow-up on this tomorrow or the next day, depending when the um, Father Collins issues his formal statement on such things. He's, worked, he's meeting with other priests to see what he's going to do. I've also got an update on the Coalition for Cancel Priests that I'll probably dovetail with that. Um, Andrew Polinski says, the Latin Mass is the reason why I'm discerning my own priesthood. It's a shame to see the Vatican restricting it and the priests who perform it. Yeah, it is. It, the vocations numbers that they get from there are anything any diocese would jump for. It's, it's remarkable. In fact, the more friendly to the traditional communities a diocese is, the better the vocations are. There's like a direct correlation. Um, they didn't say they didn't strictly say the new mass wasn't valid. They called it the Fisher Price mask and said it was irrelevant. And because they they refused to celebrate the new mass, um, they gave a quote divisive homily. Basically, could the traditional mass be a modern day Noah's Ark? I don't know. I don't know. It depends. Um, it depends how things end up going. We're in, again, we're in a diabolic disorientation in the church right now. Always remember that. It's why I, I always caution people when you start having lay commenters who are just give you like, this is exactly how things are in the church right now. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Bellator, I don't know how many times they've been punished. I know that Father, I think Father Collins has gotten in trouble in the past, but I think this is like a new level. What time do I go to bed? Early. <laughs> I go to bed really early. I, I keep weird hours. So, um, 
is the homily that got him in trouble available anywhere. People are sharing a link to what they're claiming is the homily. But if you're like me and you've watched a lot of homilies from traditional priests online, people are claiming this homily by that they're sharing. They're saying it's Father Collins. It's not Father Collins. It's Father Wolf. <laughs> okay. And if you are familiar with the, the different like bigger name traditional priests who try to keep a low profile while putting their homilies online, you know the difference between Father Wolf and Father Shannon Collins. And so one people are sharing is from Father Wolf. I have not actually seen the Father Collins one shared yet. Um, uh, Noni asked if I seen Pope Francis' letter to uh, uh, Satan Claus. Yes, I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised at all. Um, uh, I'm a believer in the ages of the church thing. I'm not a believer at all in the St. Malachi thing because it doesn't fit at all with the rest of Catholic prophecy. So where I think we are is we're approaching the end of the fifth age of the church. Whenever there's an age of the church change, the change there, it's usually comes with, a, with massive troubles. That's, I think where we're at. Um, all right, folks. What is that flag behind me? That is the it is a flag associated with Quebec. I'm not Canadian. It's actually a flag of Catholic resistance. There's the uh, you know Sacred Heart behind it, but it's a it's a traditional flag of Catholic resistance to evils in the world. And I got it for those who want to know where I got it. I got it from the Tumblr House YouTube channel web store. You can go to their channel, so where Charles Colom and uh, Vincent Franchini have the Tumblr House podcast, and that's where you can find it. That's where I got mine. <laughs> so, all right. Thank you very much for tuning in, folks. I will have a, has only, has any lady been uh, canceled? No. Oh, one other thing about these priests. One of them is associated with uh, with uh, John Salza, leaving his association with the SSPX and going back to uh, Nova Sorda land. <laughs> so to give you an idea. Anyway, thanks very much for tuning in today, folks. Uh, pray for everybody we mentioned today, including the bishop. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein, Ave Maria. <laughs>